Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Nahmadu wa nusalli ala Rasulahi al-Kareem. Anna ba'ad. Inshallah today uh, we'll continue our session from where we left off. Last week we talked about the second uh, pledge of allegiance that was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the people of Medina. There were about 75 people including 73 men and, and two women who came to Rasulullah and gave the ba'ah. And we talked about the distinction between uh, both the ba'ahs, the first one and the second one, which is the first oath of allegiance given to Rasulullah by the people of Medina, and the second. And in general, uh, entering into folds of Islam is different than these pledges given to Rasulullah by the Muslims already. Okay? And the second one especially was uh, the ba'ah given to Rasulullah that he will be protected by the people of Medina. And, um, and that ba'ah was basically for Rasulullah to the, the, the ba'ah of the support to uh, support Rasulullah to come to Medina as a ruler. And uh, so this is where we're going to take off from. And uh, after the second uh, ba'ah, uh, and a little bit prior to second bayah also, uh, some of the Sahaba, they started migrating to Medina. But in general, the, the bulk of the Sahaba, they migrated after the second bayah, second oath of allegiance given to Rasulullah uh, And um, before I enter into the migration of some of the Sahaba, because we will not be able to cover all the stories of the Sahaba, we'll just talk about a couple of them, and uh, I will also talk about today a little bit about the, just the Hijrah itself, or the migration, uh, and the next, next week, inshallah, we'll cover the migration of Rasulullah himself. So, um, uh, before we enter into the, the, the migration of the Sahaba, uh, just a little bit about the Hijrah itself. We talked about the Hijrah of uh, Sahaba to Abyssinia uh, or Habasha in the past, in the previous uh, sessions, uh, and uh, that those two hijras that were done to Habasha or Abyssinia, they were different and unique than the hijra that Rasulullah and Sahaba made to Medina, because the hijra that was made to uh, Habasha was more to preserve their their deen, their Islam, and to practice freely in the land of Najashi in Habasha, while the migration to Medina had a different tone, different reasoning. Uh, we can see that the Sahaba and Rasulullah migrated because of uh, the, the, the support that the people of Medina offered. That was part of the puzzle when we were talking about in the life of Mecca, Rasulullah was approaching different tribes to give him support so he can implement Islam. Well, nobody was giving him complete support. People of Medina were the first ones 
the one who gave complete support to Rasulullah and they accepted Islam without any conditions. And Rasulullah sent Mus'ab bin Umayyad and he uh, was doing the, the da'wah there and the number of people who entered into full of Islam increased and, and they came and gave the second bayah. And now, uh, after the second bayah, uh, uh, another thing to understand is uh, some of uh, the understand, misunderstandings I, uh, I sometimes come across as if Sahaba and Rasulullah were uh, just trying to escape from Makkah or something. I mean, so far we have done like 16 sessions and I think from that it becomes very evident that there was a well-prepared work has been done last in the first 13 years of the Makkah time by Rasulullah among the people and he was calling to the people towards Islam in a way that Islam can be implemented on their lives. So when Rasulullah was migrating, we'll see later on that he migrated to Medina or Sahaba started migrating to Medina, they were migrating for a specific cause actually. It, they were not just escaping so they can protect their lives or something. Uh, so, uh, so before I go there so about the Hijrah, another aspect of Hijrah to understand is um, the Hijrah is, if it's to say that it is one of the most important event of the history of mankind, if we say that, that, may not, that would not be incorrect. And actually, Sahaba understood it very well. And this is why even our Islamic calendar has been marked as a Hijri calendar. The reason that it became a Hijri calendar is because in the time of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu uh, that was, even he was a Khalifa after Rasulullah passed away and Abu Bakr passed away, uh, an incident happened and uh, there, was a, uh, there was a dispute among two, two parties regarding uh, a contract. And the contract was marked for, stamped for a date, but a day of Sha'ban. Now, the question came up was, which year of Sha'ban was mentioned there? And that became point of conflict, a point of contention for the people to, uh, to figure out which Sha'ban is mentioned. Now, we know that the 12 months about the, Islam, the Islamic calendar, 12 months, uh, uh, is mentioned in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already mentioned that there are 12 months and Sahaba were practicing. This is how they were figuring out when the Ramadan was, when the uh, Muharram was, when, when the Hajj time was. So the months were very clear to them. So it starts from Muharram and ends in the Dhul Hajjah. But the question was, okay, how do you start counting the years? Which year that month falls under? So they started questioning because their calendars existed. Uh, which were used by other people. So the question came, uh, how do we mark our calendar? So different uh, suggestions were given, and uh, the suggestions included things like uh, the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or uh, um, when Rasulullah became prophet, or Rasulullah migrated, or Rasulullah passed away. These were very important events within the history of Islam that was in front of the Sahaba, and. Uh, uh, they, uh, Sahaba agreed upon the Hijrah because they realized that this is the most important event of the history of, of Islam as well. Of course, we can see it as even the history of mankind. The most important event was the Hijrah. Uh, and in general, any calendar that we see out there, they are linked to certain 
important events happen in the history of whichever people have come up with the calendar. Whether you talk about Chinese calendar, whether you talk about this common era calendar, you try to link it to the birth of Rasulullah, uh, birth of Isa, whether they are right and wrong or wrong is a separate issue. Uh, or you can find a Persian calendar, uh, and all of them have some link. Even in the time of Rasulullah, when they used to uh, mention something, that when they, it occurred, they used to link it to an event that happened around it. Right? Even ourselves, sometimes within our own lives, we talk the same way. For example, you'll be talking like this, oh, this incident happened before the birth of Fulan, son or daughter, or this happened around the time when uh, Brother Abdul Basit got married, or uh, he had the first son or second son, or uh, somebody passed away. So we link it to events that are related to ourselves. When you talk about besides the individual, you talk about the uh, society, they look for a bigger events then that belongs to them, right? So uh, it's the same way, uh, Sahaba, uh, as I was saying, in the time of before this Hijri calendar, even the birth of Rasulullah is linked to what? Amul Fil. We talk about Rasulullah was born few months after Amul Fil, the year of the elephant. Or even later on, we talk about, uh, uh, for example, Amul Huzn. That uh, the year of the grief for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi or Amr Ramadan in the time of Umar al-Khattab, the year of ashes, the 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 famine that happened. So events drive uh, the calendars. So Muslims understood it very well. The Sahaba understood very well that Hijrah is the most important event. Why the Hijrah is the most important event? Because this is the time that the Islamic call, which was more of for individuals, and uh, uh, it converted into an implement uh, or went into an implementation phase. From you can think of it, it's just a call getting the people towards a message. But the hijrah is the one that marks that now this message will be an implementation phase. So that's a huge, huge thing when we talk about the hijrah. Yeah. And uh, enforcement of enforcement of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa taala, right? Yeah. And and uh, look. Even uh, the Quran itself, Quran itself, we know that it has been divided by many other things, but the main thing, one of the main things that the Quran is divided into, is divided into two parts. We call them Makki and Madani surahs, right? And the Makki and Madani, according to the most, most of the Fuqhah, agreed upon, that Makki means all the surahs that were revealed, or the ayat, they were revealed uh, prior to the uh, before Rasulullah entered into Medina after Hijrah. So all the ayat or the surahs that were revealed in Mecca in the Makki time era. See, Makki does not mean the place Mecca; it means an era, era of Rasulullah became the Prophet until he entered into Medina. So all the ayat, even that were revealed. During the Hijrah are referred as the Makki Ayat Because until he was still traveling, he's not the ruler yet He became the ruler when he entered into Medina And the Ayat that were revealed, so during the Makki time The Ayat that were revealed when the Isra al-Miraj happened for example They were not in the Makkah Or the Ayat that were revealed in Taif, they were not in Makkah So, or the Ayat that were revealed in the heavens for Rasulullah Like one of the reports talk about Ayat al-Kursi Was given to Rasulullah in the, in the, in the heavens so now, or when Rasulullah migrated to Medina, they were ayat, they were revealed in Mecca after the Fatah Mecca, for example. 
or when Hudaybiyah happened, Surah Fatha was revealed, there was not in Medina. So these, these surahs and ayat, even though they were revealed outside of Medina, but we still call them Madani ayat or Madani surahs. So it's not the issue of location, Makki and Madani, it's more of an error. Error is defined, actually dividing the Quran into two parts. So you can see, imagine how important this event is. And uh, uh, Mufassirin and, uh, uh, talks about, and I believe uh, one of the saying of Ibn Abbas is like this, uh, a, a, a Mufassir who, do, who does the tafsir of the Quran, if he cannot distinguish the Makki and Madani ayat, he does not have the right to do the tafsir. Because the things change. Because you are talking about, uh, you have to know when the ayat are revealed. You will not be able to distinguish that which one is a nasif, which one is a mansuf, meaning which one is the abrogator, which one is the abrogated. If you do not know the, the order of the uh, ayat and the source, of how they were revealed. So uh, this is why it is, uh, it is an important event also, and it should not be looked into as just a migration, or it is just another migration like the Habasha. No, this is a completely unique kind of migration, and there was a reason behind it, and there was a purpose behind it, and it was achieved after migration. And it, it has an imp, it had, this migration had the impact on the history of the mankind as we can, we can look back and we can study it very clearly. And we can see how that, that incident was a, a turning point for the history of mankind. And we can see that today we have about 1.5 or 2 billion Muslims around the world. And that is a result of the very same incident or uh, uh, event that occurred uh, when Rasulullah and Sahaba migrated. So I, I, I hope that we will remember uh, this from that angle because this is I really want us to take the hijrah, uh, think about the hijrah whenever somebody talks about the hijrah, whenever somebody talks about the hijrah calendar, we should remember that what exactly really happened. It is uh, Islam had been, Islam was moved from something that was spread among the people into something that has been implemented. So it, 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 this is a change of faith for the Islamic era, for the history of Islam, that Islam started to be implemented in Medina, and the Hijrah was the turning point for that event to, uh, to start. Okay, sure. Yes. Put in practice. Put in practice, yes. yes. Put in practice as a way of life. Right. As a way of life, uh, it was permitted. So now, so after, uh, now going back to our uh, Sira uh, session after the um, uh, the, the second Aqaba uh, pledge happened. Now the Muslims uh, they and they understood that because there are a lot of Muslims have been people have entered the fold of Islam in Medina and uh, Muslim, Muslims over there they have given the pledge of support uh, pledge of support for Rasulullah to come and implement, uh, to rule over uh, the people. So the Sahaba were given. And it is an important thing to understand that they were given the permission by Rasulullah to start migrating. And the ones who were leaving because they were given the permission. Because we will see that Abu Bakr asked for permission and he was not given the permission. Okay? So Ali and Abu Bakr, in general, after the second Aqaba uh, pledge, um, most of the Muslims who were living in Mecca, they migrated from Mecca to Medina within about two to two, two or three months period of time after a second pledge, except Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr Ali, and the weak ones who were 
under the, uh, for example, they were uh, imprisoned or uh, by 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 the family members, and they were not able to to go. Or whatsoever difficulties they were going through, they were not allowed to leave. But besides that, the Sahaba, other Sahaba were allowed, and they started migrate, migrating. And uh, yes, the two Umar Farooq and Usman, they migrated earlier. Yes, and I'll talk about the example of uh, Umar at least uh, today, inshallah. Uh, they all uh, they all migrated, they all, so, except the ones I mentioned, Rasulullah uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr, Ali, and there were a few other Sahaba. They were not able to because of uh, uh, the reason they were uh, they were weaknesses. I mean, they were weak or they were imprisoned by uh, their family members or the tribal members and stuff like that. Now, so one of the first ones who migrated actually to to Medina. Was actually that he started, he migrated before the second pledge, and that was Abu Salama. Abu Salama radiallahu an, he took his wife and his child, and he started migrating to Medina. Now, while he was migrating, his family members they they stopped him. Actually, her family member, his in-laws, they stopped him, and they said, "You cannot take our daughter, basically our uh, Umm Salama, with you." And they actually snatched her from him and his child. And while they were snatching the child, they broke his arm also, the child's arm. And uh, they took him away and Abu Salama ended up, uh, ended up going by himself. Now, about a year passed and Umm Salama was basically held back by his family members in Mecca. And the child was even taken by the family of Abu Salama. Now she does not have a child, and uh, he is alone in Medina, Abu Salama. Now one of the family members, um, he felt bad after a year passed because she was grieving. She used to go and cry. He he felt bad about her, so somehow he convinced them to give the child back to the poor woman and let her go meet her husband. So they allowed her. After about a year or so. She was able to migrate to Medina as well. Now she's she was migrating to Medina alone of her own, okay. And it's about 500 kilometers from Mecca to Medina. There's no help, but at the at the place called uh, Al Tanaim, uh, <coughs> Uthman bin uh, Talha, uh, he Abi Amna. Uh, yes, yes. Uthman bin Talha, he saw her, and uh, he offered he because he. Felt bad. A woman, she is going alone with a child to or to the Medina. So he offered her help. Now, Subhanallah, if you read that, this is very interesting. The way he is helping Umm Salama also. He's not a Muslim, by the way. Yeah, he's not a Muslim because he came back after that. He dropped her off and came back. But the way he is respectful to Umm Salama, even like even in that, the Ibn Hisham mentions uh, in his book Sayyidun uh, Nabi like this that. Uh, he grabbed, uh, so actually he offered his, uh, uh, his camel and she was sitting on the camel and, and the child and he was holding the camel from the front and he's walking, okay? And whenever uh, they got tired, so he would make her rest somewhere and he would go away to a tree and the, and the tree or something, he sits there and wait. And this is how they travel from Mecca to Medina. And when they went to Quba, where Abu Salama was, he he made sure that she made it there with the child, and then he returned back to Mecca. So this is how 
Uthman bin uh, uh, bin Talha. He uh, he he helped helped her out. Five hundred kilometers. Nah. Oh, Five hundred kilometers. How many days were they? It's a so uh, so that that's uh, uh, one of the, the, the things. Then the did other. He, did he become Muslim? Uh, Uthman bin Talha. I uh, I, I believe so. Later, later on, he became Muslim. Later, with Amr bin Yes. So and Khalid bin Walid. So now this the other story which is mentioned is about uh, Suhaib. Uh, Suhaib, Rumi, Suhaib Rumi was uh, he, when he came to Mecca, yeah. he was uh, he had nothing. So now he's uh, trying to migrate. Uh, alhamdulillah, he made wealth uh, when he was in Mecca. Uh, so when he was trying to uh, uh, to migrate, the kuffar of the Mecca they were not allowing anybody to because they really saw that there is a problem if Sahaba are moving to Mecca. Okay, oh, sorry, Medina. When they are migrating to Medina, it's a, they can see there's a problem actually because they see that if they make it to Medina and they were very well aware of the strength of the people of Medina, they were famous to be warriors. And uh, besides that, they see it that Rasulullah can gain strength there. And on top of it, that was really the biggest problem for them was Medina is, a, is on the way for their trade. It's a trade route for them. And like today, many of the wars, unfortunately, that happen, it has a lot to do with uh, trade routes, for example. Whether there are maritimes you're talking about, or whether you're talking about ground one, the, the land route, or whatever. Sometimes it becomes an issue of pipeline of the oil, how to, how to pass it, or sometimes to make it to the, to the water, so from there the, 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 uh, the oil tankers will take the oil from there to the rest of the world. So in any case, the trade routes are very important places. Now, for them, uh, this trade route that goes through the Medina, what it means is it's a safe haven for them. Because uh, this is something that they were dealing with. They know that the, 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 the caravans can pass without any problems, and they were doing it for years. Now, uh, one of the stories I mentioned here is it was a route that used to bring 50, uh, oh, sorry, 250,000 dinar on a yearly basis. That kind of wealth is coming in. See, when we say 250,000 dinar, sometimes we just think of it in a, the regular monetary that we have around, uh, around us. 250,000 dinar, if you try to multiply by 4.25 grams, it becomes about over a ton of gold. Okay? And over a ton of gold is equivalent to over 50 million dollars coming in every year. Okay? So now, so that is the thing that was, should have, would have been stopped if Medina become a powerhouse for, for Muslims. So their eyes were at that also. Besides, they can see the way the da'wah of Rasulullah was spreading. And if he gets a safe haven, you, they, they could have seen how far this would, would go. So they were trying to stop that. This is why Suhaib Rumi, when he is also trying to leave, they stopped him. And they said, uh, how can you leave? You are the one who came with nothing, you were a worthless beggar. I mean, they were I mean, calling him like a haqir. Haqir, in Arabic, is referring to somebody who is very low, you're nobody, you're a beggar. And uh, you came as a, as a beggar, worthless beggar, now you're leaving with all the wealth you made in Makkah, and you're gonna go away with this? So Suhail, <laughs> so Suhail, he said, what of if I give you, if I give you whatever I have made, Okay, and they say, yeah, that's fine. If, if you do this, 
We're okay with this. And uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu heard the story but of... He was also a good... Yeah. So uh, a good... Uh, Arrow throw. He was not good at that. So, so when Rasulullah heard the story of Suhail, yeah. that how he gave everything that he made uh, during his life in Mecca, so he said, said Rabbi Ha Suhail, Rabbi Ha Suhail, that he uh, he had the he was very profit profitable trade. Or in other words, I say he he was victorious. He won. So, uh, the, the, but Suhail was another story that happened. Now. The third story that I'd like to share today is about the story of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu And uh, Umar, besides that he was moving, there was a lot of family members who were moving also, but he actually uh, made a deal with uh, uh, two other guys. Uh, one was uh, uh, Al-Harith and the other one was Ayash radiallahu anhu. So he, uh, he told them that meet me Will all three of us meet at a spot? If any of us cannot make it, it means he's been detained. But besides that, Umar al Khattab, so these are the other two, they were trying to leave like this. But the story mentioned about Umar, he is the only one, he's the only one who actually announced that he is migrating. Everybody else, they were trying to find a safe haven and try to leave, sneak out of the Mecca. That's true. That they were leaving like this because they, the kuffar were trying to stop him and they were trying to torture them and all those things. But the purpose of leaving was not say, just to sneak out. The purpose of leaving was because they already prepared the ground in Medina and this is where they were trying to leave to. But Omar was the different, unique case. Okay? He went to actually Kaaba and he made the announcement there. Okay? He made the announcement that he is migrating to Medina. Anybody who wants to stop me. No, no, who, he did not say just stop me. He says anybody who wants his mother to grieve over him and children to become orphaned and wives to be widowed, follow me. Okay? And he had the, his bow on his shoulder, he had a sword and his arrows. And he has a stick on his, in his hand also, you know. Like, uh, you know, he's all decked up. And not only this. And then he did the tawaf of the Kaaba. Seven, seven, seven uh, rounds of the, uh, of the Kaaba. Tawaf. And not only this. You know, he did the tawaf not in a, in a very uh, calm manner. You know, so sometimes when you have some fear or something, you're looking around, something's going to happen to you. No. The, the Sina mentioned... He is doing the he was doing the tawaf in a very calm manner, that shows the, uh, the the firmness and the strength of Umar al-Khattab and toughness of him and the fear that he had in the hearts of the kuffar. So he made the tawaf and then he walked. So when he said, "Follow me like this," nobody followed him except few weak ones to whom he did the da'wah of Islam. This is the way Umar al-Khattab started leaving. Now, when he went to the spot where he asked Ayash and uh, Hisham to meet him, uh, so the... Who <coughs> was Hisham? No. Hisham. Hisham was... Uh, hold on. Is that Hisham ibn Walid? No, no, it was Hisham uh, al-As. Al-As, okay. Yes. 
So Hisham ibn Asas, which says Amr ibn Asas' brother. So other than Ayyash bin Abi Rabi'ah, he was the brother of Abu Jahl. But he was a half-brother. Half-brother because they shared the mother from the different fathers. So Hisham could not make it because he was detained. They found out his family members and they detained him. So Ayyash made it. And uh, Umar al-Khattab, and he went with his uh, rest of the family also, Umar had. So they made it to Medina. Now, when they made it to Medina, the brother of Abu Jahl himself and his other brother, Al-Harith, Abu Jahl and Al-Harith, they came to Medina. And they told Ayyash that uh, they tried to deceive him, actually, in a cunning manner. They said, your mother is crying, and she had made the oath that she will not comb her hair and she will be under the sun or she will not go under the shade until Ayyash comes back no so Ayyash, these guys were sneaky they were cunning they were trying to use the emotions of Ayyash uh, against him so when the, uh, Ayyash found out about this he said no, he has to go to see his mother now he felt pity about the mother Umar realized right away Umar, uh, Umar is, you know, one of the saying about Umar al-Khattar was, he used to say that, uh, Umar said, I am not a deceiver, and I do not allow anybody to deceive me. This is uh, the, one of the sayings of Umar al-Khattar And this is the way a Muslim should be. We should not be dumb, should not be stupid, that somebody is trying to fool us, to be fooled. So we should try our best. Smart enough. We have to be. Yeah. A moment is smart. Okay, this is one of the characteristics of a, of a believer. So, anyways, the the devil, this he is going for the love of the mother. Okay. Now Ayash, when he went back, so he said he, he said he wants to go. Omar said no, they are trying to deceive you. But Ayash said he really wants to go and see the mother. So Omar said okay, that's fine. Why don't you take my naqa or the, my she camel? She's uh, uh, the camel is uh, uh, it, it some it's tough. It will take care of you if you have to run away or something. Uh, you will be able to do that. So while they were going back, uh, on the way, uh, Abu Jahl goes to Ayash and he goes, "My camel is tired, and uh, why don't I get on the camel with you? You have a better camel." So. He said, okay, that's fine. Ayash thought it's a normal thing. So he brought the, put the camel down. The moment camel came down, so Ayash, Abu Jahl went sick with him. Actually, both of them, Abu Jahl and Al-Harith, his brother, they grabbed Ayash now. And they tied him, actually. Not only this, they tied him. And when they entered into Mecca, tied up, they said they got Ayash now. And they detained him now. They detained Ayash as well. Um, so that was the story of uh, Ayyash and uh, Hisham and uh, the way uh, Umar al-Khattab and uh, he was able to make it to uh, Medina. Now, <coughs> uh, besides them, all the Sahaba who were, uh, most of the Muslims actually, who migrated to Habasha, they also uh, came back to Medina to join the rest of the Muslims as well. Most of the Sahaba over there. Uh, that, that's what the, 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 the book uh, mentions here. But besides them, as I mentioned, there were there were few people besides Rasulullah 
Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, Ali radiallahu anhu, and Abu Bakr's family as well. Uh, they are the people who are still who still stayed behind. And uh, uh, when Abu Bakr asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam about uh, asked for permission, Rasulullah said, stay, "You stay, uh, uh, stay with me, stay here. Allah subhanahu wa taala may find you a companion." And Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu really thought of that time that that companion would be Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is why. We find that Rasulullah Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu he started uh, feeding two she camels for uh, for for the hijrah with Rasulullah sallallahu hoping that he will be given the permission to accompany Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to migrate to Medina. So uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna stop up to here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance. Quran Tafsir and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.